0: That we don't even need any commentary about that. It's just like, yep, that's what that was. and It was interesting, um, and good. But it is just a joy for me to share uh, this space with Chris and to let you get to know Chris a little bit more through uh, through their their ministry of the of the word and messaging. Um, for 11 months now, you've been leading um, the youth ministry and have been doing an amazing job with the teens. Um We have have uh, built it, you know, we grew, it's homegrown. These folks grew up from children's ministry into the youth ministry, and it's just beautiful that we have our very own homegrown house church youth group and such a beautiful and marvelous leader, and I know Chris has uh, some of their family here today as well, so we welcome you all to the house, and um, I know that you all have already communicated your love and fellowship with them as well. God bless you, Chris.
1: to be separated by this oh well thank you first off I'll um share a little backstory because I'm I may or may not cry I've cried telling people about how much this means to me and not in like a like look at me kind of way but I'll tell you a little story about little Chris because this experience is definitely healing a part of me that has been hurt by the church, and it's been hurt by people who, people who, in their weakness, in their not, in their lack of understanding of who God is and how God calls us, dismissed me and my calling when I was ten-ish years old. Um, and so I'll—I have a little—I was going to make a slideshow, and I decided not to get that fancy, so. I uh, have a picture of little Chris look at that imagine me you can just pass that around (laughs) pass that around okay and in the language that I used then in, in that church space would have been like a call to serve God right I felt that call in my life and Here's little Chris, the picture will come around, walking up in my windbreakers and uh, like 10 or whatever, like maybe like Isaiah's age, uh, my son. And so, you know, in my head, I'm thinking, I mean, one of two things is going to happen. My pastor's going to lean down and welcome me and be so excited to receive that call for me. Or maybe they'll, like, find a chair and lift me up and, like, hoist me around the room. Um, because I saw that in Bible stories, right? I was like, hey, waving some palms. I don't know what could happen, anything. And I, and I walked down that aisle to tell a pastor that I felt called to ministry, that I felt called to be a pastor and, and be a preacher just like them. And they leaned down and they said, oh, Maybe you're misinterpreting the call. And what you're really experiencing is a call to work with kids, like the little kids in the nursery or to be a pastor's wife. And I will never forget the feeling of being so excited and so disappointed in such a short amount of time and really feeling like If God is speaking so clearly to me, how then is it so ill-received by this person that I revered? I put my pastor on a pedestal like many of us did or do when we were young. We look up to this person. And in the church that I went to, we had this beautiful stained glass window behind. So everybody was like super angelic. Like I literally thought one of the ladies that that was in our singing ministry was an angel. <laughs> um, flash forward to you know years from from then, uh, I am 18-ish years old, and I served um, I served in ministry through the North American Mission Board because I was Southern Baptist, and they're really good at sending kids and people to do things so um, I served in the North the North American Mission Board in Jacksonville, Florida for about four months and we would rotate around and so sometimes you were on the building and grounds crew and your job was to learn servant leadership and you weren't in the limelight and you did a lot of the yard work and cleanup and things like that. Other times you were facilitating a mission trip so a group would come in and you would be in charge of all their spots that they go to. You're driving a 16 passenger van with a trailer (laughs) hooked onto it. And you're, you're in charge of their entire experience while they're on their mission trip there. And I had connected with this one church from Arkansas and ultimately they ended up extending an offer to me to come to their church and to be a youth intern, a youth pastor intern. And I remember feeling so excited about that opportunity to serve with them and so honored that that connection that we built over that week was so strong that they had offered this job to me. So I uh, went back home and, you know, started getting ready. I was going to Central Baptist College in Conway, Arkansas, and the church was pretty close there. And I remember getting... um, you know, a call or email from them and saying, you know what, actually, we talked it over and it would be really best if you were married before you came and accepted this position with us. And I felt that same drop that I felt when I was 10 coming down the aisle and telling my pastor that I accepted this call on my life to ministry. And I said, you know what? Like, I'll just marry my best friend. <laughs> That's good. Let's go. Hey, you and I got to get married. Let's do this thing. Let's, you know, because I got to go accept this call that God has in my life. That's probably not the best way to get married, especially when you're 18 years old. Um, but I said, I you know, walk walked down that second aisle accepting God's call, um, feeling that that was the right thing to do, again, from the weakness of people not understanding who God is and how God calls us, and um, ultimately those two decisions and multiple others shaped a lot of who I am, so I can't say that I wish them away. Um, and That kind of pivots into what I want to talk to you guys about today is my kind of interpretation of the gospel in 35-ish minutes. and. Um, Talk about weakness. I think. Um, well, first, I guess, if anybody's brave, what what um, comes to mind, or what's elicited in you when you think about the word weakness, or you think about what weakness means? It's <laughs> 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 <That's> just <Jeff. laughs>
0: okay.
1: Overly emotional. Yeah, yeah, right? Yeah, I felt that. Yeah. Yeah, I think uh, I've had the, ex- oh, did you say something? Yeah, 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 failure. Some of the stuff we talked about this morning, right? When I think uh, of weakness, I, I think of a couple things. One, I was a recruiter for a little bit, which you get that, what's your, what's your biggest weakness? You have to ask people that question, right? Because that's gonna make or break whether you send them on to the next round of the job interview. And so corporate America and America in general People, you know, typically don't want you to know that they have any weaknesses at all. They don't want anyone to be able to break into the cracks, make them emotional, make them feel like they're vulnerable, be exposed, that type of thing. So I have a visual. I need to hold this. I can't hold both of these. And hold that. so I, I like visuals because you know, youth ministry. But, uh, okay, so the world, this is what the world is selling to you. Just hold on to these weights. Don't let anybody see you struggle. But nobody can see that you're carrying them because you're never going to let anybody see them. And you're just carrying these weights with you over and over again. And maybe you look over to somebody else and you think, man, I wish they could just see how much I'm struggling. I wish they could see that I need help parenting, that I don't know what to do, maybe they, you need help getting to work because your car broke down, but you feel like a burden asking someone, and you're just carrying these weights around, waiting for someone to see you, and they're heavy, and it hurts, but that's what the world tells us, right? Build that privacy fence. Go ahead and build a fence in the front yard too. You need two cars just in case one breaks down so you don't have to ask anybody else for help. Everybody's got a lawnmower, maybe two weed eaters, right? And it's that same mentality that we're, we're sold. We're sold this lie that says we all gotta carry these weights. We just pick them up and we carry them around. And we're so lonely and we're so broken and we're, we're hurting and we enter spaces that should be brave, safe spaces for us to enter like church, like places that I entered when I was a young kid, but I didn't get welcomed like that. And many of you might've felt that same thing. So you learn from when you're 10 to pick up that weight and carry that with you. And that's your burden to bear. Because no one else is going to help you. But you know what? That's a lie. And we know that here at house church. And the more that we do that, the more we can shed statements like, I'm the strong one. Pain is weakness leaving the body. What doesn't kill you makes you stronger. And you know when life knocks you down, you just get back up and just keep on going. Because that's our false self. That's our flesh self. That's our temporal self. And we don't have to live in that state. We can come to a place like House Church where we can be vulnerable where we can say I'm struggling and I need help and I can tell you a, 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 a small thing but it makes you're not even sharing the weight anymore like Marsha, I said you know she was sharing about her walking every day and I said you know I've been really struggling since I moved here to find something that feels good to my body to move and to whatever, without shame or guilt of being a certain way or looking a certain way, and I said, you know, I would love to just know when you're walking, and I'll tell you when I'm walking. And that, and I've walked for like a week and a half, you know. And it, and it felt good because it wasn't a like, a, let's keep me accountable, the shame and guilt. It was like, hey, I'm gonna help you carry that, and you shared that with me. We can connect and we can loop together. Um, Ephesians 4.25 in the mirror translation says this, faking it and lying to one another, that was part of your old life. Now the truth remains constant inspiration in your every conversation. We are related to one another like different parts of one body. So where I might be strong, another person might be weak, but when we're weak, in our Christ's mind, not in our false self, right? Our weakness isn't coming from a place of guilt and shame. It's coming from a desire to connect to another part of the same body. So, you know, things that come to mind for me when I think about this is like um, during the pandemic, that was really, really hard for me Um, and I almost left the church, and I didn't almost leave the church because I didn't like being here, but it felt uncomfortable for me to be exposed in a new way, to have to come to Bonnie and say, I don't like you right now because you, I need to be there in person. Okay, as a single parent, sadly, sometimes I think I need a break from these kids They just always need something from me, right? Which I love, but that outpouring is also exhausting. And I just know that that is the moment that Bonnie and I developed a new relationship because she was able to sit and hear that and it wasn't really about her. It was about me not being authentic with myself and having that authenticity authenticity with God to be, I'm weak right now, this really hurts. And to be able to share that with someone else. I can say that I experienced that again in America. I mean, when you go to an event, what's the first thing that somebody asks you, what do you do for work? I got laid off in January and I thought, man, I was also meeting my then-girlfriend's dad. He goes, what do you do for work? And I'm like, "It's a good question, sir. I, I don't do anything right now, but I promise you that I will do something soon. <laughs> and that is just such a, an identity piece, right? You've met people where the whole or the sum of who they are is what they do. And when that comes crashing down, where do you go? In that moment of weakness, who do you have to turn to that's not going to make you feel bad or wrong or shameful or guilty for not having a job? All right, scripture. So if you get the thing, it's scripture, story, scripture, story. That's how we're going to do this, okay? <laughs> Finally, it dawned on me. It's 2 Corinthians 12, 9 through 10. It dawned on me that grace is God's language. He doesn't speak in thorn language. He said to me, he says to us, My grace elevates you to be fully content. And now, instead of being overwhelmed with a sense of my own weakness, God overwhelms me with an awareness of his strength, of our strength. Oh, what bliss it is to rejoice in the fact that in the midst of my frailties, I encounter the dynamics of the grace of God to be filled, to be my habitation. That's where we get to live. Right? And a friend of mine said recently, let that refresh over you like a web page. It's refreshing all the time. That this is where we get to live in God's grace filled inhabitation. Right? Doesn't that sound cozy? And, um, uh, This leads me to the next point, right? We start with ourselves. We have to lay down those weights. We have to be vulnerable in the right spaces. Okay, I will say that. There's a wrong space to be vulnerable with the wrong people who will hurt you. There's the right space to do that, which is a space like this. In 2017, I stopped spanking. And I'm going to bring my mom into this a little bit, so I hope she doesn't cry over there. But she was a cycle breaker for my family. My mom, when she had kids, she decided that she's not going to live in the life that she had growing up. She's not going to be a drug addict, an abuser. She's not going to allow us to live in poverty. And she started breaking cycles for us so that I can continue to break cycles for my kids and my family and find a new way to parent, find a new way to connect. And I'm gonna pass this around because you need to see the joy on this child's face when his preschool teacher asked, what do you wanna say? What, what's the reason that you love your mom for Mother's Day? She doesn't hit me. That's what it says because that's the year I stopped spanking. And I remember how hard that was for me because that's one thing my mom didn't break and that's okay because I got to take it a step further because she broke a whole line of other cycles for us. So I get to bring I get to bring God language, love language into my home, into my parenting. And I had to learn to lean on a community of people to help me get there. That was not something I was going to be able to do on my own. I literally had to call people and say, hey, can you take Isaiah for a little while? Could you take both of the kids for just a minute? Because I need some time, I need some space to figure out who I am for a second. I need to get grounded. And if I had to come into that space in shame and guilt and fear, I would have never made it. And that's what our community is. So first it's with yourself, realizing that we don't have to pick up these weights in the lies of this world. Be strong and and hold all these weights, hoping that someone's going to help us. We can come into our community and be connected like the mycelium, the trees, right? And in Acts 2, 42 through 47, talking about the fellowship of believers, says, they continued to fully engage the apostles' teachings, also their prayer conversation, conversation with each other, with God, as well as every meal. Who's been fed in this family? Right, Kelly Kemp, I think about you and your family. How many people have been fed at your table? Um, you know? I said, this. this is a place that we feed each other. We celebrate that. We fellowship in the Incarnation. A continued sense of awe rested upon everyone as they witnessed many signs and wonders taking place through the apostles. All those coming to faith engaged in a great sense of community, enjoying one another's company, great generosity prevailed as they spontaneously shared material possessions. Without well, a storm, right? Who felt that? When everybody just started spontaneously making sandwiches, making sure that people had water, making sure that people had a place to stay, making sure that people had what they needed, meeting each other's needs. Every day they would gather in the temple with the same focused passion. Then they would feast together in one another's homes. Extreme joyfulness and hearts that carried no hidden agenda. In their ongoing conversations, they continued to applaud God with grace bouncing off their faces before all people. Within within this happy environment, the Lord continued to mirror the fact that people were equally included in all that Jesus was and in everything that he accomplished, this salvation from their old performance-based mindsets was a daily occurrence. We're gonna have to daily remind each other that, hey, this world is not our burden to carry. That's not for us. We don't have to pick up the way and the things that, that they say we need to act and be. We can be reminded of whose and whose we are every time that we come into this space and ongoing throughout the week. I guarantee you, anybody in here will be one text away to encourage you in your day, in your week, of who and whose you are, and let let that weight go. It's not good for your shoulders. I know. Um, I know. For me, you know, it's hard. Like when I first started coming here, I was definitely wearing a mask. Like who, you know, who's here? How do you? kind of interact, the more that we are each other's strength in community, the more that we rely on God through each of us, because we're all a vessel of God. We're all living, breathing scripture. We are connected like the mycelium that is connected with the trees under the ground, and it strengthens and gives life to them. They communicate back and forth with each other. They take care of each other. They make each other—they make each other stronger and better in Christ, in our Christ mind, right? Not in our false self. Not in our temporal existence. Hebrews one three says this: the Messiah message is what has been on the tip of the father, Father's tongue all along. He is now the crescendo of God's conversation with us and gives content, context and content to the authentic prophetic thought. Everything that God has in mind for mankind is voiced in him. Jesus is God's language. He is the radiant And flawless mirror expression of the person of God. I um. Never been in a faith community quite like this. Even my my church in Atlanta was wonderful and um, beautiful for me in a lot of ways. Helped me break down barriers that I, um, when I hated myself, right, for being gay and getting divorced, basically the two worst things you can do in the churches that I grew up in. So they really helped me frame that and I think be ready for this space, be ready to receive the spirit that exists in here. And I'm thankful that y'all gave me the opportunity to to share what's on my heart and for us to be that for each other. So it starts with ourselves, right? How we kind of interpret our experience with God and are we carrying the weight of the world or are we sharing in one another's burdens and our weaknesses? And then are we doing that in a in a community connected to the body, knowing that you have multiple people here to lift you up and take care of you. That was God's design, not for this place to be a place of hurt and harm, but a place of being emboldened and empowered in the spirit to know your authentic self as Christ made you and not what the world has given you and told you about who you are and what you can and cannot do or accomplish. And then, Imagine us all in a circle (laughs) singing around a campfire and I just like vividly think when we do both of those first things, we have such a more powerful connection with the divine, with the spirit energy that exists in this world that's not temporal and I can imagine that fire kind of like the burning bush, right, it's just getting bigger and brighter talking to us and telling us how much he loves us and how much God wants us to be connected because the stronger that we are together the less harmful and painful that world is going to be when we exit it when we exit into it, right? So, that's that's really it. That's all I got. Thank you. <laughs>
0: Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Who? Go ahead. <laughs> So we get on to visit the the Ball and uh, I did the first like I did my presentation for her and she goes, Yeah, I, 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 I there's not you and she said, Yeah, hey, you that
1: and jack that's in, in. other words, just a presentation with And <laughs> the <laughs>
0: Yeah. I feel like we're swimming in a love river together. (laughs) Love, 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 love. Thank you. Thank you, Faye. Yeah. Thank you, Faye. Yeah, and if y'all don't know, know that Faye is Chris's mom, this is Chris's mom in the house today. And uh, the emperor has no clothes, right? I mean, that's the point. It, it is like, <laughs> let us all speak it how it is. What a beautiful uh, space and time we have in here today. Anybody else need to speak, to speak into this space? Yeah. Grace bouncing off their faces, yeah. Hmm. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yes, we want leaders that have done their work, that have done their work of looking deeply and then reconstructing, reframing. Yeah, April's done that same work, and April's going to preach next Sunday. She told me she wanted to. That is a bold-faced lie. I, that is not going to happen. <laughs> she said, She said, how's Chris going to preach? I have never wanted to preach in front of the front of church. And uh, has that changed now, April, or... Because of what, say it louder. Chris has been for you. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Where's the chair and we can lift Chris up and like the through like woo. Does anybody have the palm branches from? <laughs> I think that some of your young, young heart bruises are being uh, healed today. Healed today. Go ahead, Sean. <laughs> Spe- speak loud. You know these women. to so. You're used to people just taking, but Chris, you know, gives back, yeah. I know that you and your future is going to be more bright than you have ever imagined. And I know what it will lead to, financial freedom and independence in this life and for the lives that are under you to come. That is what I know this house can bring. This is an incubator of greatness. This is a womb of greatness. This is a place where hope is sparked, where bruises from young children's lives that have been rejected, ousted, told they couldn't and can't, now they can. I mean, if all I get to be in this life is the housekeeper of the house church, I'm happy to be the housekeeper. The keeper of all of this greatness I'm just so glad I don't know how to leave let's just order tacos and stay in and you know just like hang out and and just be there anybody else before we participate in communion and then um, Chris is going to come up and give a benediction yes still yeah Chris has has a benediction so you won't get my benediction today but sometimes when I have guest preachers we do two for one so we might do two for one benedictions go ahead Thank you. Yeah. Would you stand with me?